everything starts on a community level and the community affects the product. Mm-hmm. The product of, will eventually bring change and the change will will lead to a better system. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So everything everything ties in with each other about um, about starting from who we are. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, this is Sugar Honey Bubble Tea, a podcast aimed to amplify Asian women voices through critical thinking and meaningful conversations. Uh, and this is the part two on male emotions and vulnerability with my dear friend Ryan. Um, so if you haven't heard the first part uh, from last week, you can go and go listen to that first. I don't know what else to tell you. I'm your host, Ange, and it's just me today again. Um, so before we start today's episode, you know, and again, I keep saying this, follow us on Instagram at sugarhoneybbt, S-U-G-A-H-O-N-E-Y-B-B-T. And also, you know, leave a five-star review for us on Apple Podcasts. I'm going to do this really quick. And then uh, PayPal Patreon is the best way to subscribe and get some perks from us. Hit that like button. (laughs) That just came out of nowhere. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so anyways uh that was ryan um my dear friend who's super talented and that you've heard from him last week and last week we touched on a bunch of stuff we touched on you know being born asian and, and but grew up with western influence and how emotions and vulnerabilities mean to you and you know how the culture and race plays into that and um you know why men aren't taught emotions or how does the masculine gender norm uh traditional gender norms affects women etc it's just good stuff Sweet, sweet stuff. Um, and this week, we're going to touch on a bit more on this topic. Uh, first off, I want to ask you, how how does... I mean, we touched touch on a lot of like how you are now dealing with relationships and emotions and, you know, the, the stereotype of being a man. But how do you think these traditional masculine gender norms affects boys or teens on a more societal level or collective level? I feel like a lot of how the way we were brought up, like like culturally aside, like mm. just us as individuals, like these the traditional boxes that we've been put in are very misconstrued. Mm. And that is like that is really outdated especially in this day and age, like how we are all brought up because like that is, that is the time what basically when we're children, we're like a a sponge and all the information on all the data that we have accumulated are the water that we have soaked up. So Mm. the, the education system, whether on a parental level or on a societal level is really I don't think they're responsible enough to basically not being responsible enough with like how they convey mm-hmm. like the information. How and, uh, I, I want to cut in and say something that I've, I've been thinking about a lot. Sure. Um, yes. Yeah, so true. The educational part, but also I also find that, and that's something that I, I've been, you know, 
reading a lot and I talk about a lot, which is the domestication of human, where we are we only know what we know at the time. And we only have the knowledge we know of at the time. So when I look at some of my traumas or things that I have a hard time dealing with in when I was a child, I at first when I was facing these traumas, I I want to blame the people that gave me these information or, or raised me a certain way. But then I realized they were also domesticated in their ways and they couldn't control that. They can only tell me what they think was best. So do you think the same goes with the educational system where, uh, yes, uh, 100% it's super outdated and, it, and there needs to be a reform of some sort, but also the way that we were brought up was really the best ability of what our parental knowledge or our um, educational system or school teachers know to the, yeah. it was an extent of only what they know and they gave us. Um, like, like going back to that sponge analogy, like, mm. like sponge, like we don't like as, as children and as growing, like when we were growing up, like we're not really, our mind it hasn't been shaped to a maturity to be aware of the knowledge or data that we are soaking in. Mm. So that does take a, I mean, that's why there's, there's, there's trauma, right? Yeah. There's a lot of like, like everything that's, that's embedded into our subconscious as adults now, like all comes from like us, how we were brought up as children and, and that, mm -hmm. and I feel like now sitting here talking about this particular subject, like we also have that responsibility to sort of break through the, the norms as well. Mm. And this is the reform that like we can do the reform on our own, like as yeah. individuals. Yeah, as, as individuals for sure. Mm -hmm. Cause the individual affects the community and the community affects the, the overall system. And the mm. system changes the ecosystem. Mm. Yeah. Wow, so powerful, that whole thing. It, it's a chain effect for sure. Yeah, you know, it also ties back to like what we're doing at the studio as well. Like, mm -hmm. <clears throat> so one of our taglines on Instagram is to move forward, go full circle. So everything, like everything starts on a community level and the community affects the product. Mm -hmm. The product will eventually bring change and the change will will lead to a better system. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So everything, everything ties in with each other about, um, about starting from who we are. Yeah. Yeah. That's so powerful. Cause I, it, it really reminds me of, uh, this thing that Jane Goodall always says about change. You have to bring about change locally. Then you can bring about change globally. Something like that. Yeah. Not the exact quote, but, um, it really goes back to like, what can I do as an individual that can bring about change in this community yeah. and not just like, I want to change the world, you know, like yeah. it, 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 when you look at it that far and that events and that, that scaled, it could feel very, very vulnerable. <laughs> like you could yeah. feel very weak because you don't think you'd be able to achieve these. Yeah. Things. You feel like it's going to be out of your reach. And I think, Oh yeah. There's this one thing that, that I'd like to add. Mm -hmm. But like these traditional senses of what it means to be masculine, it's like, like besides it being really, really outdated, it also ties mm -hmm. back to like, um, 
like take sports for example mm. like if we talk about sports like if we talk about basketball if we talk about football if someone's like injured on i mean while playing that sport mm-hmm. you see this person is physically injured but it was never really discounted for like how this the the, the psychological aspects of that athlete yes. Mm-hmm. So it's sort of like that because as we're going through the motions, like growing up as a male, like we've kept everything internally for so long. Mm. Like it was, it was not looked upon. Mm-hmm. So that's why I feel like, like for me, I, I also went through my mental unstableness for quite some time now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I am getting better. Like I, I, I deal with anxiety from time to time. And mm-hmm. I sometimes am like go back into that loop of being depressed. Mm-hmm. But these also, the, everything adds up and these are all accumulated through like these traditional like norms that my father or mm-hmm. his father has passed down through, you know, Mm-hmm. generationally yes for sure and i think like being born and raised in a patriarchal society the expectation of men and the continuation of to celebrate that that stereotypical like image of masculinity is a very harmful and negative impact on male health yeah. like you said like and it's actually quite refreshing now or uh, celebratory now to look at a lot of uh, athletes that take mental illness into consideration for their performance and you know even with olympic they taking you know mental illness breaks is something that is being seen as as a norm normality now because we're taking it uh because we're normalizing it we're seeing it as like yes that's also something that we can be excused for and not just physical form physical illness physical injuries etc and um you know when we talk about boys and teens uh i love to touch on pop culture uh, and how pop culture influenced masculinity. Because I know you uh, dealing with design has a huge, huge influence on pop culture and how that uh, affects, you know, our next generation or the people like our generation. Yeah. How do you think masculinity and pop culture influence each other? I think pop, pop culture is very somewhat overrated. <laughs> and going back to that, um, sponge reference like people aren't mindful or paying attention to the stuff that they put out mm-hmm. because we're in an age where our attention is our currency mm-hmm. so as where each individual slash or, or collective project that is put out into this world is of the utmost importance because even even if you have six followers or you have 600 followers, mm-hmm. you're still having an influence on the six people that follow you or the 600 people that follow you. Mm-hmm. So like there are cultural projects that stand out to me most that goes back to the definition of masculinity, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. whether it be 
So one of my favorite artists is Frank Ocean. And yes, love um, him. Frank Ocean, he he did a zine after um, he released his mixtape called Endless called um, Boys Don't Cry. Mm-hmm. And I, I, that for me is like the perfect example of masculinity. Mm-hmm. Why I put that into this certain box that should not be like, that should not exist at all is because like basically masculinity is just a societal term that mm-hmm. was brought on to us, whether consciously or subconsciously. And that was something we were just taught if you look like a male, then you're a male. Mm, if you're mm. a woman, then you're, you should look like a woman and you should have long hair. Mm. You shouldn't like shave your head or do whatever, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think at that time, Frank also came out as gay or bisexual. I can't mm-hmm. remember. I, I think it's bisexual. Mm-hmm. And that was really a powerful day and age. Like mm-hmm. the time when you put that out and then, modern day like if you look at euphoria mm. there's also I, I think i'm going on a wild tangent here but no that's fine I'm pop not, culture is a wild tangent yeah like masculinity <laughs> i'm now moving on to like all these the the the, the idea the concept of gender and mm. as a whole and if you look at hunter schaefer I'm not sure if you know who Hunter Schaefer is, no. but she's also mm-hmm. um, she's one of the actresses in in Euphoria. Mm-hmm. Who was um, uh, she's basically trans as well. So I feel like this day and age, everything we do is very powerful. Mm. And she's only at the age of 22, and Frank's mm-hmm. not even. I I can't remember how how old Frank is, but these figures in pop culture influence a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. like Hunter Schaefer would probably influence the next generation of little kids or that look up to her. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And Frank has inspired me a lot like mm-hmm. to be vulnerable with where I'm at or the things that I do. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think that Frank Ocean is a perfect example um, to talk about vulnerability and emotions. Yeah. It, and when it links to culture and race, because being a black man, uh, traditionally or stereotypically, you're being seen as even more masculine, like in that sense, or even more strong, powerful, competitiveness. And for someone with, you know, with someone who is a BIPOC and coming out um, in in showing his vulnerability and emotions and coming out with the scene is it's so powerful and we see a lot of that in Hollywood as well such as um, Moonlight the film which is one of my favorite favorite movie yeah and um, you know how it talks about it's going to be a spoiler alert but you should watch it anyways um, <laughs> if you haven't seen it uh, our listeners but uh, it talks about how a, a black boy who grew up his upbringing is in the ghetto and he struggles with all these um, issues that uh, the ghetto deals with, or the, the children's of the ghetto deals with. And uh, aside from that, he also struggled with his sexuality and how he identifies himself. And because of the conditioning, the societal pressure, he then have to become, you know, he has to hide almost mass that part of his um 
sexuality or identity and to become like a drug dealer that's like you know like strong and powerful and like will beat you up you know like that that identity or stereotype that we see in in black men um a lot and it's very heartbreaking film but it also is the truth and is talk it, it brings it shines a light on um there definitely are a lot of people like that in in our society who aren't able to uh, show their vulnerability in that in in that sense. Yeah, for sure. And like mm-hmm. like when I'm talking about Hunter Schaefer, when I'm talking about Frank Ocean, like these are figures in in pop culture that are I feel like are people we need more of mm. because pop culture is basically it's it's basically money grabbing mm. it, they want your money they want your time and attention mm-hmm. so a lot of the things they put out aren't necessarily as mindful oh absolutely because pulp culture is the new education system mm. kids these days grow up with ipads and tiktok mm. so that's why i feel like this is the new education system for, mm-hmm. I mean, for me, like this is where they absorb all knowledge and information about where culture and where society is at. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Because, you know, kids aren't going to be watching CNN or on <laughs> or on Bloomberg, you know? Yeah, yeah. And, and I think um, there's pros and cons to this. Definitely. When we talk about pop culture and social media, how does Hollywood influence masculinity? Because we all know... Um, how do I say that? We all, we all know that um, Asian figures or Asian Hollywood stars, like even starting from like what, uh, Jack, uh, well, oh, Bruce Lee, Jackie Chan, like, um, those are kind of like the first few, uh, especially in our generation, the first few like Asian faces in Hollywood and how they have to kind of represent Asian male in Hollywood. And a lot of times, like, you have to see, you see them as, like, you know, Jackie Chan is definitely, like, goofy. Yeah. Bruce Lee is, like, uh, a very, like, uh, you know, strength and, like, uh, a fighter, strong. Like, they have to almost, like, portray themselves as the opposite of what their stereotype is in order to uh, stand out or to bring, a uh, shine lights to other people that isn't, so uh isn't so knowledgeable about the asian culture yeah. or the asian people and how how do you see that how how does that how does hollywood and masculinity go hand in hand or influence each other so it's kind of like i i, I feel like this is really really um stupid in a way like we can look <laughs> at it like through in in two ways right mm-hmm. so in the past like how hollywood would depict like asian men would usually be through like what you said, like Jackie Chan, Bruce Lee, you would have Mm -hmm. to have, you have, would have to have like this amount of strength or you would have to be this protector of like a household, a household Mm -hmm. or something. Mm -hmm. But then you you could also look at recent times where, you know, films like crazy rich Asians are like, like, do you think it shines light on different types of Asian characters? No, I don't think so. I, I honestly, like I say this in full transparency and I don't think so. Like, I don't mm. really like the film. I don't like Crazy Rich Asians at all. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like I was like, I'm not trying to be a critique here, but like all these films 
like every, all these films that we watch where I feel like, you know, either, either you're supposed to be good at math or you're, you're supposed to be a doctor or you, you have X amount of money mm-hmm. and that, that doesn't really speak to, that doesn't really uplift Asian culture as mm. a whole or Asian masculinity. Cause it's either like you're, you're a rich Asian dude and you drive a Porsche or you have a Ferrari and, and that doesn't really make sense to me. Mm-hmm. You know? It's unrelatable. Yeah. It's unrelatable. And mm-hmm. like, I, I, I get what you mean. Um, that it's not about showing up in Hollywood in all different forms or different types of Asian characters. It's about like showing the true like Asian culture. And yeah. it's not about like, hey, look, there's Asians who do math. There's also Asians who fight. And there's also, you know, it's it's another box that we're throwing more boxes into Hollywood to be like, hey, you fill these boxes, you know? But not really like a, a representation of like what the Asian culture really, really truly means. Um, and, and speaking of Hollywood, I've also, you know, when we talk about illusion, yeah. it's, it's also a collective illusion. Yeah. The foundation or the basis of Hollywood is white people, yeah. white celebrities. And, and nonetheless, we dismantle the entire ground. Then we can be like, we, we can be like, yes, we can show Asian, uh, characters or Asian people in a new light. Because it has always been, Hollywood's been around forever. And this image has already been formed. Asian male, actually, is one of the most de-masculine race in Hollywood. Yeah, I would, I, I, I would somewhat say yes, but also no. But, um, but it's very different from our culture because our culture expects so much strength in Asian yeah. men. Like, I don't, I don't really, at the end of the day, like I don't have an, I don't have this emotional resonance with all these boxes. Mm-hmm. Like all these boxes don't really make sense to me. Like, like if we if we talk about whether masculinity or femininity, like all these things are just boxes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So, what if we just strip away all these titles and I just feel like let's just be, you know. Mm-hmm. Do mm-hmm. do whatever what do whatever that feel that you feel is best for you mm-hmm. as an individual, and I think that is that could affect you know that is the change we all need on an individual level. Mm, what about change on societal level, or do you think that change we bring about on an individual and personal level will affect the societal level? Oh, for sure. Like how you, how you treat the people around you. Our, our words and actions are contagious. Mm-hmm. I think just thinking outside the box in general and mm. not giving into these societal boundaries of, okay, you're this, so go be that. Who or what inspire your change to think outside the box? Or how, how can people, like if you were to give advice to people to think outside the box, how do they do that? Because they've been not everyone does that right yeah like especially when the influence of pop culture and hollywood and and society is so strong how do you fight against that force so who inspired my change Mm -hmm. is definitely um my now girlfriend marzi and she really like like throughout the past year 
like I've grown like so much. Yes. And I've learned so much from her and I'm extremely grateful for what she has brought into my li life. And yeah, mainly her. I think if it wasn't for her, then I wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation with you on this podcast. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know how there's this saying where it's seeing is believing. I think that's how they say it. Mm. Like seeing is believing. But um, for me in recent times, it's more, it's more of believing is seeing. Mm. And I feel like you have to believe that you are more than enough to inspire change as well within yourself mm -hmm. to see from a global, bigger perspective. Wow, that's really powerful. I love that. Um, lastly, I have two questions for you. Uh, what does masculinity mean to you now? If you can sum that up in like a one to two sentences. Masculinity for me now is simply nothing at all <laughs> just just nothing because like i said like mm, these are just terms that we were taught growing mm -hmm. up but we just eventually find out that it doesn't really exist mm -hmm. or matter or matter at all because mm -hmm. <clears throat> i want to i want to like go back to when, when, when i was talking about the Jungian philosophy earlier about the psyche Mm -hmm. where the ego is the conscious. And if we dig deeper and in, down into the subconscious, um, it's basically what, what, what Jung, Jung is trying to say is the yin and the yang mm -hmm. in Chinese um, uh, culture. Mm -hmm. So there's the, uh, the concept of anima and there's the concept of animus. Mm -hmm. So basically what this means is that you can never be too masculine or you can never be too feminine. So mm -hmm. me, I, I identify myself as a male, but then I also have a more feminine side of me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So vice versa. So if you identify as a woman, you, you also have a level of masculinity within you. Yes. That's just who we are. So, so true, yeah. So basically the anima slash animus breaks down what it means to be a full masculine man or a feminine woman. Mm -hmm. And I've had this, I've had like, for like using me and my girlfriend as uh, putting it into context, like in our relationship, I'm the more feminine one. Like I'm more soft hearted and mm -hmm. I'm more um, attentive to detail sometimes. I mean, from my perspective, of course, I'm not mm -hmm. speaking for her and she's the more masculine uh, the mas masculine character in this relationship, mm -hmm. even though she has this this female form, you know what I mean. Mm -hmm. And she still also have a lot of softness and kindness in her. She does, yes, mm -hmm. yeah. So, it, like you said, it's almost like a spectrum. Yeah, yeah, mm -hmm. for sure. But then, at the end of the day, it all goes back to you know, just just being, you know. Just, just be. Just be, yeah. Honestly, just be. Yeah. And I know it's like such a philosophical or spiritual, if you will, concept to to grasp, to be, just be, you know, to say just be. Um, and, it, it, but it really, there isn't 
there's really nothing else you can be than other other than yourself or just be yeah. in the moment be in the now be in the in in the in the motions etc last question i have for you what is what has more strength sword or water definitely water like for me it's definitely water mm-hmm. uh, going back to um bruce lee because um there's there's this mm-hmm. like interview from I mean uh, almost everyone has seen this interview yes. where he where he talks about um be being like water mm-hmm. be like water yeah my be friend. like water my friend and you put water into a cup a mug or you like if if you put it into uh, a body of you know whatever it could be ocean. an ocean it could mm-hmm. be a river it can be whatever and it just you know flows. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, it's it, it it's soft, but it, it can also drown you and kill you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. A sword can cut through water, but does no harm. It does nothing to water. Mm-hmm. It's 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 very. It's like the. Uh, it's like what we all should try, strive to be. Mm-hmm. And it's like, actually a lot of religious scripts and uh, stories. Uh, uses water as a metaphor a lot. Is, even in uh, Siddhartha, the the story about Buddha, where he later life became a, uh, uh, he lived by the river and learned everything he needed to learn uh, through the river, and um, and it's just such a powerful, powerful analogy to say that softness actually goes has more longevity it goes a longer way than than, for sure than force than violence and i mean you know we we don't want to touch on the war on ukraine and russia that's happening right now but briefly just as we are talking about this longevity is definitely love kindness and empathy and that wins the war yeah that is the way and it's the only way that is the only way and I'm so happy to have this conversation with you um, and to do this two-part series on male emotions and vulnerability. And of course, we touch on even more and beyond these uh, uh, these two um, topics. But I'd love to have you back to talk about other stuff yeah, in the sure. future. And I know we, we definitely have really great conversations, even, you know, talking about, uh, which we briefly touched on like spirituality and, uh, psychology, um, and ego, like these are really, really big topics and that we only just touch on. Um, but yeah, I'm so happy to have you and have this conversation. Where can our listeners find you? Uh, on Instagram at Ryan Mayland and, and dash dash associates and, Mm -hmm. and associates.com. I will tag all that. Um, Thank you. And also, yeah, please give Ryan a follow and check out his uh, his studio and associates, um, which is a very uh, forward thinking branding studio that uses, um, you know, identity and uh, spirituality to brand. And you can also follow me. (laughs) <laughs> at BBT Mommy and uh, Sugar Honey Bubble Tea S-U-G-A-H-O-N-E-Y-B-B-T uh, that's our Instagram and you can also subscribe to us on Spotify Apple wherever you get your podcasts pretty much and that's it thank you so much for your time thank you and I'll see you guys next week bye bye